Hi everyone, it's Charlie Webster here. Thanks so much for joining us for My Sporting Mind. We're proudly supported by SportingLife.com, providing sporting opinion, debate and analysis for over 160 years. And today I'm really, really chuffed to welcome the fastest Paralympian in the world, five-time Paralympic gold medalist, the incredible sprinter that is Jason Smith to the podcast. Welcome, Jason. Everybody gets a clap. Um, how's, how's, how's things been at the moment, given that it's constantly chopping and changing and you're working towards a massive goal in your life? I think, um, well, I mean, it's obviously not just within sport, but everybody's been massively impacted in some way. So um, for me specifically, just... Um, the things that you'd things actually you just didn't have to think about or deal with you know you you could focus on what your preparation is you know when you're training uh, where you're going on training camps um, different days you're doing certain things if you want to book in to go to the gym or the the physio everything was kind of um, I suppose a little bit more give and take and a bit of flexibility Mm. now everything's just um, completely changed everything can be very last minute and um that throws huge challenges when you're trying to prepare for games. And, and you, like when we look at a year and, and what you've planned, you know, I know where I want to be this month, which then leads to where I want to be next month, which leads to where, and, and that just follows in all the way to the games. Um, but now you've just got this ability for um, things to be, be thrown in that can just change everything. And, and then how do you adjust to that and, yeah. and still be where you want to be? So um, not only you've got to figure out about how you get things right, you've got to be be able to, to somewhat move um, and be agile as as things that you don't usually have to deal with can be thrown straight across in front of you. How have you been adapting mentally then to get your head around that? Because I can imagine you have to, to an extent, given that you're going to be competing hopefully in Tokyo yeah and uh, I mean that's we've got to continue to keep your your focus on is is what that goal is and again I, I don't know is it for me the fact that I am more experienced I mean this is me going to my fourth Paralympic Games yeah so you tend to be able to deal with things better because you've been there and done it and and you kind of know what works and doesn't work and and um, I mean, you not have necessarily experienced what we're experiencing now, but you've you know experienced the ups and downs of of that whole journey. So I, I think for me, anyway, it it allows you to be. I'm actually pretty chilled and um, laid back as a person, anyway. So it allows you to to deal with with what comes your way. And I mean, the thing I find with with everything, there's always an answer. There's always a solution. So. It's about trying to to find what that is. And, and if you're focused enough on what you want to achieve, then I think you'll always try, or I find always find a solution to to work around it. Or um, I think sometimes the other interesting thing is um, because of this whole situation, it's actually made you think about things differently. And I mean, this is, I've, I suppose, probably a lot of para-athletes and, and the, when you think of disabilities um, and having to overcome disabilities to to be successful or achieve, you've you've got to think about doing things differently. There's there's never one right answer, and um, I suppose within all this is you know what is the opportunity, and that's for me one of the things I always try to look for. What is the opportunity in in what comes my way? Um, 
you know, I've, I've been able to reflect on, for example, how I may change things into, into the lead up to Tokyo this year, where I wouldn't have necessarily reflected on if things just had went smoothly. Um, I've had made some changes around just what I'm doing around my program that have all kind of come off the back of, um, I suppose, this last nine months to a year. So, you know, as I say, I think there's, it's not always easy to look like looking that way. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's when you look back, you you can actually realize being forced at a different direction can sometimes be somewhat of a blessing in disguise that you you don't, I suppose, appreciate till till time passes. And you've mentioned about disabilities and overcoming things. Um, you've had to overcome a lot and to be where you are. Um, just to give a bit of background, you got Starkart disease, which is a degenerative disease when you were eight years old, which caused um, visual impairment, um, which was why you compete in the Paralympic Games. How, what was that like for you growing up and how did you deal with that adversity and the challenges that that presented? Yeah, so uh, my eye condition, um, uh, basically to describe it, so the central vision for me is com- is completely blind, and um, I would then use a peripheral vision to see. So the central vision is pretty much what you see everything clearly with. So in a rough percentage, I have about 5 to 10% vision. Um, and in nearly a way I always find to describe it as like if, if somebody takes um, – a photo that's very blurry um, you don't necessarily see the detail but you can see colors and maybe outlines of shapes depending on color so for me um, I would you know start to pick things up because of the color contrast and you know I may see something over there that's a black rectangle and, a, and that becomes an educated guess that that's a tv you know so the detail pretty much completely goes so for me I was diagnosed at the age of eight mm. um Honestly, don't really remember uh, much before that. And um, more mum and dad started to realize, you know, I had to start coming closer to things. When I look straight at something, I was often looking past it. Um, and then obviously went and tests and diagnosed with the eyes condition, eye condition. But um, dealing with it at that age, I think it was probably, to be fair, my parents who, who found it the most difficult. And that's because you're 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 so young yeah um but i think as time goes on you you realize a little bit more and and i think when i look back to that was some of the things that my mom found most difficult is like when in these instances when you're uh diagnosed with um you know the the eye condition and, and there's just there's always the possibility that you could go completely blind so there's there's uncertainty about it but it's always talked about what the things you are not going to be able to do. And you always, you know, hear the things that are going to be so much more difficult. Um, and it nearly just makes things seem uh, maybe less pleasant or just, you know, there's there's less less things to look forward to. And uh, obviously, you know, that's proven not to be the case, you know. But um, I think through a lot of that time, especially as a, as a teenager, and trying to fit in and trying to be normal. Mm. Um, I think that for me is it was probably the 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 tougher times. Um and 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 a lot of it really comes down to is accepting. I think that's probably the biggest lesson in, in my experience of it is accepting who you are and where you're at. And the moment you can do that is the moment you can move on. And for me, 
sport and getting involved in and para sport was the start of that process of accepting who I am and then leading to be being confident in myself and, and secure and stable in myself. Did it help you celebrate and shine a light on on who you are rather than almost that stigma that sometimes comes and shouldn't but does sometimes come with disability? Yeah, the, getting involved in sport shine that light is that what you're meaning yeah 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 um yeah and that was one of the things I found quite difficult is this so I was always involved in in sport because it was fast and I could get away with being pretty decent at most sports just because it was quick (laughs) um but it was it was then my coach I was involved in athletics for about a year and then my coach mentioned to me about the Paralympics and um I kind of had this battle with myself is do I want to really be involved because at those ages I think I might have been about 16 that was what I was trying to hide that yeah. was not what I was wanting to shine a light on yeah and then it was like show it to the world <laughs> yeah yeah so it was this this battle do I want to or, or or I don't really know if I do want to you're shining a light on everything you want to hide and I can't I can't tell you what exactly uh, made me go down that um, line of getting involved. And, and back then, para sport was very different than it, it is yeah. nowadays as well. Like, obviously, since 2012, there's been um, a huge profile and a lot, of, a lot of light has been put into the Paralympics where, you know, before that it was, you know, I even found myself, people would get it confused with the Special Olympics and, and the Paralympics. And I was, you know, don't want to be having my friends think I'm in the Special Olympics, you know. So there's there was that whole challenge of um, deciding to do it. But uh, but obviously now in reflection, that was the, the right des- decision to be made. I mean, it, it was, a, as we said, it was what allowed me to start that process to accept who I am. Um, and with the success in sport, then that kind of built and, and gave me confidence in, in who I am and, and what I can achieve regardless of the situation I'm in. Sporting Life has been publishing sports coverage for over 160 years, from being the first published sports newspaper on a regular basis to now one of the UK's biggest sports content websites. Sportinglife.com prides itself on providing readers with exclusive expert insight into the world of sport, all for free. Whether it's opinions, stats, interviews, previews or live racing results or football scores, Sportinglife.com is the place to be. You can also download the app for Apple and Android devices. Did you want to compete and go into, um, excuse the word, but as mainstream or able-bodied competition? Because I know that I remember um, I was involved in the Olympic Games and the Paralympic Games. And I remember um, I was there when you won in 2012. But I also remember that you actually um, went to to be part of the Olympic Games as well. Is that something you wanted to do? Yeah. um, I mean, for me, I mean, I ran... 400 not point not four of a second away from the the a standard um at london 2012 so it was incredibly close too close yeah. actually worse being close than it is <laughs> i can imagine being further away so um was that frustrating yeah um it was and to be honest i was in the shape to do it that that's probably the most frustrating thing so i was based out in the states 
um, training with some of the the top Olympic athletes. And um, the the funny thing is, is I think my first race I ran ten twenty four for the hundred meters, and the standard was ten eighteen. So usually you don't run your fastest race, um, your first race. You usually kind of drop down a little bit. So I knew it was in shape to do to do it. The thing, obviously, in, in hindsight and what you learn is the more I wanted it to happen and the more I tried to force it to happen, the less and less it um, actually materialized. I would do more mistakes. I would tighten up and I would end up running slower. Um, so in one way, yes, it was extremely frustrating. Um, but another way I think it's funny sometimes is those moments are, are the moments that allow you to learn and improve or, or make changes because when things are going well, you you tend to not look um, at things like that. But when things don't go well, you you kind of I suppose you also learn a lot about who you are and how you deal with yeah. with um, the challenges you face. And how did you deal with that time? How did you reframe your head and go, "That's okay. I'm going to compete in the Paralympic Games." I think for me, probably a number of different things. Um, my goal was always to try make the Olympics and win at the Paralympics. So that goal was was always there. So um, I never really lost sight of that. So that kept me focused on on one of the things I wanted to do. I think the other thing that I was fortunate enough to have was good people around you, around me. And I think that's probably one of the a very important thing important thing especially when things don't go the way maybe you you want at a my coach at the time um even just my family as well so the people that are that were around me were able to to keep me on the path not that i was going off the path but um you know keep you focused yeah. more on 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 what you're trying to do to do because sometimes when you're so involved in it too it's hard to step back and and have that bigger perspective of of what that that whole journey is about and, and what's the lessons to be learned so i think they're probably the things that um kind of helped me along at that time you mentioned that you trained in the states and i know you trained with tyson gay obviously u.s sprinter what was the most important thing you did you learn from that time and from the way they trained because i know you said that gave you a lot of confidence in yourself yeah, absolutely. I mean, we initially went out to the States and um, I mean, that was really just on this idea. If you want to be the best at something, then, you know, logic tells you to to try be around the best and that's how you learn and, and hopefully improve. So for me, I think one of the big things I realized, well, probably a few things is their um, attention to detail to what they were doing just was above anything I, I had seen. But the other thing is what I realized is after a while of being in beside some of these guys and, um, you know, running beside them and, and whatever the sessions, I realized that um, I'm actually not that far away. And before, when you maybe see people um, that have run a lot faster than you, um, you maybe see them on TV or whatever, you just... You, you see them being significantly far away. And when it comes to race, they can be far away, but you also realize from being in there day in, day out, and if you can train and work hard, that you're not, the gap isn't as big as you might think. And with that, for me, 
I became more confident in, you know, if I can train with these guys and not be that far away, well, that puts me in a, in a very good place. That puts me, when I go to race, I'm going to be consistent. So that was that was probably one of the big things. Just the other thing is the environment. And again, not necessarily just really the sport, but but anything, the, the environment you find yourself in is what's often going to allow you to excel or not. You know, if you're in that, the right environment, then the opportunities are there to go towards your potential. If, if you're not in that environment, you, you just ain't going to get there. And um, I think that's probably one of the, the things I've seen when I've been in that environment to compare to, to also when I'm home and around other athletes. Until you've been there and seen it, you just don't understand or realize. Because I think when it comes to 100 meters or Paralympics or Olympics in itself, you know, we see you every four years but we don't see every single day. And especially with the hundred meters, we see you for like 10 seconds. <laughs> the <laughter laughs> and, and you don't see that, you know, you said attention to detail, the every day, you know, how, what's the mentality like and the mindset to do that every single day to work. I know you have like world championships and things like that in between, but I'm talking in that cycle. Yeah, it's um, there's over five thousand hours of of training to try get and and win a ten second race, and that's when you start looking at those numbers. You know, that's incredible to think of the amount of hours that has to be put in for such a a small bit of time, um, and within that small bit of time, there's no room for error. Um, you know, hundreds of seconds, tenths of seconds are the difference between people making finals not between winning medals and not and and then how do you on that day get things right when you when you need to to get things right but for me i I think the most important thing around being prepared um, and getting your your mind right or the mentality side of it is you've got to know what what you're trying to 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 achieve so i suppose it really comes down to goals what you're wanting to achieve but then how you're going to get there so like for me i i work on four week training blocks if i know where i need to be now then that sets me up for where i need to be in in uh, the next month and the next month so even though you know where you want to be by the end of the year or the end of the cycle you're also focused on where you need to be now rather than looking too far down the line. So that continues to allow you to, to focus on where you need to be right this second that gets you to where you, you need to be. I think if you don't know that um, and things aren't kind of one step on the next, then it becomes very difficult because you don't really have a direction and where you're going and you don't really have something to fall back on and even when you look back as another thing is when you, you know you look at training and where i was last month and the notes are taken it's also good to look back and see where you were um, and what things you learned or what things from last year that i didn't do that i could have done that i can then change this year um so you kind of just have to be so aware of where you've been and where you are and where you're going and a bit back to what I said, the attention to, to detail of that and knowing that, not just kind of floating along and, you know, people see it and think, you know, just run a little bit faster. You know, it's just okay. not that simple <laughs> <at all. laughs> I like the thing you're saying about looking back because um, that's something that's been really important for me. I think that's helped me 
improve in various aspects of my life is looking back back at things which I think sometimes we find hard to do um you know rather than looking forward now something I wanted to ask you because I basically count I was looking through your race results and you know I used to do athletics as a junior and I was like looking at all your different results and I counted 20 gold medals um which is incredible by by the way I'm sure you know (laughs) um incredible amount of consistency over that period of time so what what is it that keeps you going and your drive because well you kind of haven't lost at all <laughs> you know do yeah. you, kind of, you, you know it's just a really interesting because a lot of people's drive is because they haven't quite got that gold medal or they haven't made it or you know or they lost in that final and whereas you've won everything consistently as well which I think is really important over a period of time yeah like it's definitely one of the things you hear a lot in sport is um I mean it's never easy winning but it's easier to win the first time than it is to to keep winning um and it's you know it is how do you be consistent and I think like if I'm honest when you look at that that whole journey there is um there is ups and downs. So, you know, you're never at a complete high in motivation. Um, I, th- I think for me, just as a kind of on a background to it, as a personality, I am extremely consistent. I'm not a person that has highs. I'm not a person that have lows. Right. And therefore, I think that also reflects on, on the consistency I have in, in what I'm doing. But um, the thing is, like, you've got to you've got to find what motivates you. And for me, when I look back at different times, what motivates me changes. And the more you kind of, I suppose, get or understand what motivates you, then it's easier to to keep motivated. And, and as I say, that changes and it has to change because what motivates you eight years ago isn't what motivates you now. Yeah. Um, and if you always want it to be the same thing, then you're never going to be able to, to maintain. So um, I think I've been good at finding what motivates me. And motivating me hasn't always been, and actually often isn't about the medal, which I know it's maybe sounds a wee bit strange, but it's more about me being the best I can be or, or reaching my potential. Because if I'm, I mean, maybe it was to start with was about winning medals, but if you're constantly focused or the motivation is medals, well, it kind of get, I don't mean it in a bad way, but it kind of gets a bit old. Um, it doesn't have the same, you know, wow factor or the, the same excitement. But for me, it's about how can I be the best I can be? And, um, and even think of of now it's also it's about how can I do things that possibly nobody will ever do again or very few people will ever do the do again um and obviously that comes with trying to to continue to win gold medals but the gold medal isn't isn't the thing yeah I can see that so yeah for me that I mean you can look at the structure on on how you you want to be successful in whatever sport you're going to be doing and the, and the principles for sport or work or whatever, the principles of success are the fundamentally the same kind of thing. It's just the the drive to get you there and 
Yeah, I, I still feel like I, I mean, I still feel like I am as motivated. I actually feel like I'm more motivated now than than maybe I was with 10 years ago, which I mean, sometimes maybe seems a bit strange considering in power terms of won everything that I really is there to win. So what is the motivation now then? Um, are you looking at times, breaking records, you know, because you said doing things that other people might not be able to do yeah, in this um, lifetime? Times, I mean, I, I look at times and I have times I want to I wanna hit, but times are a result of what you do. So if if I'm in a good, you know, if I get my preparations right, then then times will come. So I, I tend to not look at um, at times, but knowing if I get my preparation right, that the times look after themselves. But for me, it is just it is that it is about doing things that people are, you know, people may some athletes may do it, um, but very very few will be able to be as consistent as as long as as I have and. I think it's that now at that stage, it's that longevity of that success is is the motivation to to keep going. You know, how long can my first international uh, European Parliament Championships was in two thousand and five. So I mean, that's already over over fifteen years, 15 which, years is, ago, yeah. which is quite a quite a while. Um, <laughs> you know, how much longer can I? be consistent at that very top level is is my motivation is you know how long can i can i stretch this out to potentially do something that um very few people will ever do and, and i mean this is sport tomorrow that next week or this year that could change but i'm always going to put myself in the position that um, um best prepared and and when it changes or if it changes then you know you accept that you've done everything you could and 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 that's really all you can do can you describe to us what it's like at the start of a race and what you hone in on you know do you do you kind of like listen to certain sounds um, like as you're literally about to start yeah yeah when you kind Um, of if yeah maybe maybe about set blocks or yeah, it's that whole, I mean, even going back a little bit before it, it's it's a pretty incredible experience. When you think of like going out into the stadium and thousands of people and the noise and the atmosphere and that kind of hair standing up on the back of the neck, this was just the, the adrenaline um, as you go out and you just supposed to be part of the, of this atmosphere and environment. And then all of a sudden, you know, it could be a number of minutes later, you're sitting behind the blocks and um, the whole place just goes quiet. You you hear absolutely nothing. Um, and in one instance, before you're you're you know you're somewhat taken in the environment, enjoy it. All of a sudden, you you go from kind of everything outside you to turning everything inside. And obviously, as you're in the in the, in the start position, you're thinking of absolutely nothing other than that first noise of the the gum. That, that you react and and um, attack out of the blocks. Um, and even in those moments, like competing, half the time I can't tell you what happened, you know, all of a sudden, <laughs> I mean, it's a 10-second race, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you know, you're halfway down the track before you even have time to think. Yeah. And by the, 
you know, by the time you think about doing something, you've already gone another 10 meters. So what you've been, you know, what you maybe think about, it's it's too late to change. And that's where a lot of the training comes in is about the routine that it just, it just happens and flows. But even like those moments, you know, you run the race, there could be, the noise could be incredible. You hear absolutely nothing. And then all of a sudden you cross the line and it just, you hear everything again, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's incredible. And that's also one of the things when you ask me, like what motivates me is, um, I think earlier in your career, you, you take a lot of this for granted. Um, at this stage, I realize how incredible it is. And I realize in a number of years, it's going to be all over and you're never, or I'm never going to experience anything like it. So it's important to enjoy it and make the most of it while you have it. Mm, and hold on to those moments. Yeah. And what can you, because you're a T, you compete in T13. Yeah. So what can you, which basically means that you don't run with a guide. So yeah. what can you see when you're running down that track, down that 100 meter straight? Yeah, so again, as I said, 13s roughly, T13s roughly about 5 to 10% vision. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, again, like what I was describing earlier, I could see colors. So like an orange track and white lines, I could see the the color contrast and, and know where those lines are. Getting to the finish line, generally you don't, wouldn't see it till I'm there. Um, but I know I've shared an experience too before at, um, it's actually London 2012 in the heats. And again, I'm sure most people are aware, but if you see the 100 meters, you always see the, um, there's the camera that shoots up the, the side of the track. Yeah, it follows you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I remember it was just the, the heats. And again, because I've, I've just got blurry vision, I could just see something, um, just seen a dark color, a black color sitting at the pretty much, pretty close to in line with me out on my right. And I was thinking, Who, who's that? <laughs> Who is that? And, and no matter what, it just kept going at the same speed. So even if I went a wee bit slower, a wee bit faster, it would just be sitting there. Uh, did you speed. think it was another person? Yeah. And it wasn't until after that then um, I realized it was actually the, the camera just uh, going up alongside. So um, it's just a little funny story about what you see going up and down the, or going up the track. So, um, Yeah. <laughs> that's quite funny I, I wonder if it like spurred you on because <laughs> you thought it was somebody yeah, I was hoping to run slower in the heats but I had to keep going <laughs> um, and what because I can imagine I mean you've, you've touched on it a little bit um, self-belief I can imagine that's so incredibly important for you and what you do is there any advice you could give around believing in yourself or the journey you've taken with that it's one of those things that i find so difficult like you get asked about it how do you how do you explain it or how do you have help somebody else Mm -hmm. um have more self-belief um and i think my experience and a lot of the success i've had has has given me that self-belief um and I, like i know i s- said some of the other lessons i've learned but if you were to ask me the most important thing that i've learned throughout all of this would be exactly that is to to believe in myself um and i think just the natural instinct for for everybody is is to doubt yourself 
and to doubt what you can achieve and you know I I can't do that because of this and you know I can't do that and for me looking at what I can achieve has allowed me to be more open-minded and put less barriers up to to what I'm trying to achieve and and I mean, I, I don't know if I have any specific lessons, but I just think for anybody is is about trying to, to believe in yourself and your abilities. I mean, we all have talents. We all have abilities. Somebody's maybe in sport that you see. Somebody's maybe something that you don't see, but everybody has things that they are incredible at. Mm. And believing in that and not doubting in that, for me has helped me to to be open-minded not just in sport but when i'm out of sport i believe i can be successful whatever i want to be um regardless of that and it really comes down to the perspective of what way you're looking at it isn't it yeah um that saying is the glass half full or or half empty and i i think you know the only thing to to really do is is to be aware aware of yourself and aware of when you when you doubt things to say actually stop doubting things mm-hmm. believe in, in what i can achieve and i just find it's incredible that when you believe in what you can do and you're willing to do what whatever you need to do to, to make it happen mm-hmm. that things just seem to be able to you know just seem to align a lot better to when you have that mindset and that uh, ability to try and make it happen because i think it completely influences your behavior yeah, yeah. So things just align. And I think it's often because you make it, you might make a different decision yeah. if you see the glasses half full rather than half empty, or if you actually say, no, I, I can do that. It might mean that you go up to be a Paralympian, but you might not. <laughs> if you say, no, you know, no, I can't do that or I'm not good enough. Um, in terms of disabilities, um, I mean, I know it's difficult. So what advice would you give? Um, but what would you, you know, you say to people, I know you've done some inspiring talks before, people that have got different disabilities or challenges? It doesn't matter if you've got a physical disability that you see. Everybody experiences challenges. And, and life's really about how you overcome them, really. And no matter how many times you overcome one or two or three, there's going to be a few more sitting, waiting ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two things I would say, and one would be what I've already touched on, is, is believing in yourself. And the second thing I've actually found, and again, there's a bit of the change in, in perspective, and I kind of touched on it earlier, is um, I actually found, in my experience of all the challenges I face, that they are the moments that allow me to grow. They're the moments that allow me to improve. They're the moments that allow me to, to change for the better um, and become whatever I need to be. So without those challenges, you could never, I suppose, become that better version of you. Yeah. So in fact, I've look, always looking at challenges as a downside. I nearly flip it around and say, then the more challenges I experience, the better I can become, the the stronger I can become because the ability to overcome them, um, you know, there's lessons to be learned and, and strength to be gained and rather than, than the flip side. I think that's a really nice way to look at things. 
And when you're in those, because I think it's good to have perspective, because sometimes when you're in the moment, you did say it a bit earlier on, you can almost get that tunnel vision, um, can't you, of frustration or like overwhelming emotions. What do you do in those moments when things, you know, in those low times? Yeah, absolutely. And that is that is difficult. You know, it's, it's easy sometimes to sit here in hindsight and say, mm. you know, do A, B, C. But in those moments, how do you make those right decisions? And there's there's not, I don't know if there's one right or easy answer. Um, and and to every every person it's different. Um, but I think for me, the more I um let's say have good principles around what I'm trying to do, good structures around what I'm trying to do, then when things get difficult or tough, then I feel I'm more likely to make the right decisions. So if I live on a daily basis and in the way I want to perform at the best and in what I do at sport, if I follow those, you know, what those I said those underlying principles, then um, that's the way I live my life. That's the way I live my life on the track. That's the way I live my life off the track. And um, when it when it comes to to those difficult moments, you go sometimes into to autopilot a bit. And I think kind of what I talked about in racing is, you know, no matter what you if you've done it in training, it's about going into race, and it's it's just what happens. It's what your norm is. And I find for me, if that's the way I think, and operate on good times then that's more likely to be my norm or my reaction in bad times and and combine that again with with you know you always need good people around you to to just keep you uh keep that perspective sometime or sometimes bring you down to earth um that are just (laughs) that are just honest Uh, that's one of the things i quite like about is people is uh, that are around me is honesty i mean i I like to hear black and white how it is i don't you know i I like to know the the facts and 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 keep it real and and therefore if you kind of are real in the way you're thinking and what you're told then it's easier to be real and how you deal with it yeah i i can relate to that i'm quite a black and white person i like to know what's going on otherwise i find if yeah i don't know i find kind of the chatter difficult otherwise and i just like to know um, it's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you. Kind of like pick your brains and, and carry on talking for ages. Um, but we really look forward to hopefully seeing you out in Tokyo. <laughs> That's what I'm saying to everyone. I'm like, I hope that, yeah, I hope um, that we'll see you. Thank you so much for your time. It's Pleasure. been absolutely fabulous talking to you. And we hope you've enjoyed listening. There's so much more for you to enjoy as well. Check out the other episodes. Um, Give us a subscribe and a like if you like us, us, of course, um, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember to visit sportinglife.com ahead of the rest with 160 years of sporting knowledge and integrity. And remember, you can reach out if you're really struggling. There are charities such as Mind, The Samaritans and Sporting Mind. They're just a phone call or email away. People do understand and they are there to help. Or you can just text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, to 85258. And you can also contact me on social media as well. Take care and we'll speak again very soon.